guys and check out this next episode. What is going on, everybody? It's your girl, Ebony. I'm back with another podcast for you. Now, this one is going to be a little different, and it's going to be a lot more interesting. And it was something that God had put on my heart, and it's not that people don't talk about it. It's just, it's it's not the normal, you know, um, preaching the gospel, things like that, but it, it's it has to do with our everyday life. So the podcast that I'm coming to you with is titled Becoming Confident. I believe that the word becoming is so important because as people, you don't grow in one area, it didn't just stop. I do believe that it takes time, things, growth situations, good and bad to become in the end who it is that you're meant to be. And I feel like the word becoming is a key word to becoming confident because it's not like you're going to become confident overnight and you're not going to become confident just in one area. I believe that becoming confident is a process and a progress that's going to last for multiple seasons. And I think that we will get to a point in our lives where you can become fully confident probably at the age of like 75. So to me, when I see the word becoming, it, it's a continual growth. Becoming means not just to become it and stop. Becoming means to continually grow, to continually reach newer heights, newer levels. And becoming confident is to continually become confident because we have so many walls, we have so many... Um, limitations, you know, within ourselves. We have weaknesses, we have strengths, and we have uh, seeds that were planted in our lives from back when, you know, uh, whenever that seed was planted, you know, in our lives and, you know, in your life. And becoming confident to me, I feel like is going to be a lifetime process and a lifetime progress because as you build and break new walls and build new walls in different seasons, you know, in your life, that's one wall that you're going to break down that's negative, but also build another wall based on the strength of Jesus Christ, his foundation, to to build better walls, to build healthy walls. And so becoming confident is going to take a lifetime. It's going to take different seasons in our lives to become confident in different areas. You're not going to become confident in every area in your life overnight and just during one season so just know that becoming mean mean it means that you're going to continually grow so being confident where you're at knowing that you still have other things to work on and you're okay with that you're you're okay with saying I'm good in this area God has worked on this area with me but I still have other areas that needs to be worked on or I have still I have other areas that are strong but can be made stronger. So it's it's being confident with being okay with where you are, but just knowing that you always are going to make progress forward. So becoming confident requires at least two things. It's knowing who you are and then knowing who you are not. Now knowing who you are not is very, very key. And I'll get to that later on in the message. So, knowing who you are, knowing who you are not sounds wonderful and it sounds awesome. But if we think about it, we get lost in the shuffle of the world, the day-to-day living, trying to figure out who we are, adapting to the things that we see, the things that we like, the things that, you know, we want to discover but sometimes we often don't put barriers and boundaries on who we are not. And I honestly believe that social media is one of the platforms where we can get so lost and it can cause grave damage to one's self-esteem, one's confidence if you are not careful and if you don't properly use social media correctly. Like I see on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, there are like so many supermodels and Instagram models, you know, people in Hollywood, things like that. And when you are stuck on social media 24-7, when you're always on your phone and you look at these people who they have so many filters, they have photoshops, 
um, and filters on, you know, how to make themselves pretty in, in Snapchat. If you have low self-esteem or if you're not careful, you can find yourself comparing yourself to these people who, in reality, who they are on social media is not who they are in real life. When we see still pictures of people, even little short video clips, that's not all inclusive into who they are and the life that they live. They can be just happy in that one moment and then turn around and be something completely different or completely opposite. And you're basing your comparison of who you, who you are or who you are not based on what you see of these people who are on social media. And you may be thinking, man, I wish I had their, had their life because you think that they live a better life than you only based on the still moments that you see that are for a few seconds in these video clips that are, you know, but for, for a few minutes. And to compare yourself to people that, for one, you don't have their life and you're never going to have their life because God has given each one of us a life for our own. And comparing yourself can be very, very dangerous and if you don't use social media properly, it can really hurt your self-esteem because if you're not confident in who you are and who you are not, you're going to find yourself comparing yourselves to these people and they may not have it all together themselves. And actually, you can say confidently that they don't have it all together. None of us have it all together. You know, none of us have a perfect life. None of us have everything all together at all times, you know, at any time of the day. You have your good days, you have your bad days, but there is not one day that is perfect. The only days that are perfect are the days that are in heaven. So be careful of your social media content, who you're following. And to be honest with you, if you have to unfollow these people in order to unclog your mind of images of people who they ha they seem to have the perfect figure, they seem to work out all the time. They seem to, you know, always eat healthy. And it's okay to be inspired by some of these people. But if it's hurting you as you're trying to become more confident and become a better you, then unfollow them. Or you may have to temporarily deactivate, you know, your social media accounts just to clean yourself from watching people who you constantly think are doing better, have better, have more, and things like that. If you have to fast, from social media, just to clear your mind from all the images that you see that are negative or that may be positive, then do that. Clear your mind because comparing yourselves to others and allowing your self-esteem and your confidence to lie in who you, who you want to become based on social media content, that's going to be very dangerous to you as a human being. So becoming confident is checking yourself you know, checking yourself at the door, saying, is what I'm watching, is what I'm seeing, is it benefit and is, is it beneficial for me? Is it is it helping my self-esteem? You know, is it is it helping my weaknesses? You know, if you have um an overeating problem, you might not want to follow McDonald's on Twitter and Instagram. You might not want to follow someone who makes those videos of them eating a bunch of junk food and seafood and all this other stuff, you may want to unfollow them because if it's not, you know, conducive to who you're trying to become, then you're going to have to unfollow them. Just like how you have to unfollow people in real life if they're not helpful and, and healthy for the betterment of who you are trying to become. Becoming confident is also not comparing yourself to others, but discovering who you truly are. And it's the little things like, what do you like to wear? You know, things like that. Fashion, I believe, along with art, music, to me, being from New York, New York City, fashion, music, and art is some of the most expressive ways where we can express ourselves and where we are allowed to express ourselves freely. You know, find out what type of music you like. Find out what type of art you like, if you like art. You know, wear clothes that you think that you like. If you're following people on social media and you're constantly trying to dress like them, trying to be like them, you're going to find yourselves shopping for clothes that are similar to theirs and you're not going to actually want to discover that 
instead of buying a solid color, maybe you like plaid or maybe you like abstract you know, fashion with designs and logos and things like that. So if you're always trying to fit yourself into a mold that you are comparing yourself to people on social media and people in real life, you may not discover who you are and what you like, what type of fashion designs you like, what type of music you like, what type of art if you're into that type of stuff. And to me, when you expose yourself to things that are expressed in many, many ways, you have freedom of expression in art, fashion, music, cooking, things like that, and you discover what you like, what is your niche, then you can also kind of get a feel of, you know, who you are and things that you like. And you go, oh, I like this. Oh, I like that. And it's okay. And even if you don't like it 10 years down from the line, it's what you like now. And like I said before, becoming confident is a seasonal change of growth. You're continually becoming confident in who you are in in many different areas. And it's going to last all the way up until the day that we die. We tend to also gravitate towards that which we either like or want to please for attention. Now, this part, I, I relate to having relationships. When we're in relationships, whether it's work, personal, families, friends, uh, associates, people who you meet day to day on a regular basis, sometimes, you know, if we're not doing the influencing, we, we tend to gravitate towards that which we either like or we want to please a person for some type of attention because the, the low self-esteem, the lack of confidence may gravitate you towards someone who you feel, I don't know, has it all. And you're trying to gravitate towards them and getting them attention because you feel like if you get their attention, then maybe you know, you're worth it or something like that. So just be careful, you know, in your motives about why you want to interact with people, why you want the attention of of a certain person and things like that. And if you're self-aware and if you pay attention to everything that you do and you're observant towards others and yourself, you'll find out that God will speak to you about the little things like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to hang out with this person or why do you want to associate yourself with this person and it may be the honest truth but if God reveals it to you then take it with a grain of salt and say thank you now hang around people whether it's at work friends family you you ever notice how if you hang around a certain person long enough whether you like them or not how sometimes it's easy for us to start mimicking the things that they do. Like a person may have a certain laugh and they laugh a certain way. And you may find yourself picking that laugh up or a certain phrase that they say, you, you find yourself saying that. Or if you hang around them long enough and they constantly say, oh, I like this color. I like that color. I like this color. I like that. You may find yourself gravitating towards well, maybe I like that color. Well, maybe I like this. Or maybe I like this type of sandwich. And we are observant and adaptive, adaptive by nature as human beings because that's who God created us to be. He created us to, to be adaptive and to be observant and to not, not necessarily mimic, but as human beings, we grow. We, we constantly are adapting to, to our surroundings. So... In a negative way, if you have low self-esteem, if you're not confident in who you are and who you are not, you will find yourselves gravitating towards that which the things that other people like. And you may not necessarily like it, but because you hang around this person all the time, you start to, to, to develop soul ties with them. And it doesn't always have to be sex. It can be um, emotional soul ties. When you verbally communicate with someone all the time and they verbally communicate with you, you develop a soul tie. You start mimicking, you know, some of their ways. And if you are not strong in who you are, you don't know how to back away from certain people who, you know that they're not healthy for you. You're going to find yourselves doing some of the things that they do, liking some of the things that they like. 
And then you find yourself saying, hey, hold up, when did I start saying this phrase? Or when did I start liking this color? Or when did I start wanting, you know, pineapples on my, my pepperoni pizza? Like, I don't even like pineapples, you know, things like that. So to become self-aware and to become observant and to have discernment is, is key to me, I believe, in becoming confident and becoming whole because you have to observe why you do things. You have to observe the people around you. You have to observe whether they have healthy traits, whether you have healthy traits, um, whether they don't have healthy traits, whether you do have healthy traits. Because being observant and having discernment is going to guide you into more wisdom. It's going to actually help you observe situations that you don't want to get yourself in. It's going to it's going to help you observe people who, you know, if they have an unhealthy pattern, it's eventually going to lead them down to XYZ. If you know that you don't want to end up in XYZ, then don't associate yourself with them. Knowing who you are not is going to save you from a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, and a lot of trouble. And that's something that, you know what I'm saying, you don't want for your life. And I know me personally, I don't want that for my life. So being observant, having a sermon is key. Now, with regards to relationships, whether it be friendships, family, work relationships, if we do not have a core confidence in who we are, we'll also find ourselves trying to like to be like someone we're not born to be. And this, is, this also falls into having low self-esteem, not being confident, because you're gravitating towards somebody who's doing more influencing. Because I strongly believe that if you're not the one that's doing the influencing, trust me, they're the ones doing the influencing. And you may not see those seeds planted like right away, but eventually those seeds are going to spring up. And as they start springing up and as they start growing into your core and who you are, you're going to find yourself thinking, man, even though I don't associate myself with that person, those seeds that were planted by the words that they spoke, you know, over your life, you're going to see that they're going to start manifesting. And that's something that you honestly have to really be careful about is who you associate yourself with, because it may seem harmless and they might, they may not speak negatively to you about you. But one of the seeds that people can plant is, is that if they're always talking negative about someone else or, always telling people's business. The seeds that are being planted in you is for you to have disregards for those people that they're talking about. Have you ever been around someone who they started trash talking someone that you may knew or you may have heard of and they were saying just all types of bad things about them, spreading their business, whether it's true or not, you know, because people do spread rumors. You ever find yourself not really knowing that person and you thinking from a distance that, man, this person is, you know, kind of cool or they seem, you know, nice or all right. But the more you hang around people who gossip and the more you hang around the person who spoke negatively about them, now the next time you see them, you're going to be looking at them sideways and they never done anything to you. Those are some of the seeds that I'm talking about that can be planted by people who they may seem harmless to you. But they're negative towards other people. They're negative about other people. And the seeds that they are planting in you are causing division. It's causing uh, pre-prejudice, judgment. Because now you, you view a person or you're viewing other people how someone else painted them when you never even got a chance to paint a picture of who these people are or who these people were or who a person is based on your interaction with them. And to me, things like this are immature. To me, I think this is like junior high school level um, association. You know, when you take on the thoughts and the views of who people are based on the negative things that people are saying if, if they're gossiping, and you're not giving that person or people a chance to show, show you know, show you who they are, then you're weak-minded. And I know this may sound harsh, but it's, it's the truth. If you can't get to know people for who they are, rather than you prejudging them based on the things that someone else has told you, then 
you're being weak-minded. You're, you're allowing someone else or other people to take over your mind and to occupy a space in your mind. And now you're v- viewing other people in a negative light and you never even given them a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, when things like that happen, it makes me wonder, how would you interact with this person if you've never known the negative things that people were saying about them, the, the how people want to paint them in a negative light? Like, how would you interact with this person or group of people if you've never heard anything about them? And how this relates into becoming confident is when you're not around people who gossip, I believe your soul becomes freer. Okay, your soul becomes lighter because negative talk, let me tell you something. Words have power. In Proverbs, let me go back to my notes. In Proverbs 18, verses 21, now I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, what God is saying here in the Old Testament in Proverbs is that the things that we speak can have life and death over a situation. It can have life and death over a person. So if a person is constantly speaking negatively about other people, those are negative seeds that are being planted in your life. And we don't have long on this earth. Okay? And the time that we do have on this earth shouldn't be around people who are planting negative seeds about other people. And it's going to affect how you view other people. And not only is it going to affect how you view other people, it's probably going to affect how you see yourself. Have you ever seen someone criticize the way a person dressed constantly? Oh, I can't believe they wore that girl that's tacky. You know? And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, whether it's tacky or not, you know, it's, it's fashion. It's, it's, it's expressive form of dressing. And you can see it on the outside. Now, you may find yourself not liking a certain color or you may find yourself not liking a certain pattern or when you find your, yourself hanging around a person who trash talks people and how they dress constantly. Now, let's say you are about to go out with this person to a club or to some type of event and it's going to be a group of y'all. It's not going to be just be you and this person. It's going to be you, this person, and a few other people. You ever find yourself trying to get dressed, trying to figure out what it is that you're going to wear, and then you find yourself thinking to yourself, man, I heard her talk about or I heard him talk about this person wearing that. And if I wear this, that was similar to what they have been cracking jokes on other people about, they're probably going to talk about me behind the back. For one, if you, have, if, you, if you are hanging around people who are like that and you think that they're probably going to trash talk you, they're, they're, they are someone who are not your friend and they are someone who you don't, you don't even need to to want to get to know them to see if that they're going to be your friend. You'll find yourself not wanting to wear a certain item clothing or a certain color because you find yourself saying, man, I heard them ragging on them or I heard, I, I heard them roasting these, you know, this type of fashion. So you find yourself not wanting to wear that because you don't want these people to look at you different or to talk about you, talk about you behind your back. So in becoming confident, you have to get yourself from around people who they are going to affect your view and your outcome of who other people are, of who the world is. And they're they're limiting your view of yourself and other people because eventually if you're not doing the influencing, they're going to be influencing you. So be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of who you are surrounded by and have discernment. Listen to what people are saying about other people. And it will give you a clue as to what they may or may not say about you. And observe how they treat people because they'll end up treating you the same way when things are not going good. So you may laugh with them, you may joke with them, and you may like them in certain moments and certain seasons. But trust me, the negative things about people, it's who they are. Don't think that just because 
you guys like each other in the moment or you feel like they are cool to hang around, that that makes up for all the bad part because it doesn't. So hanging around certain people who are not healthy for you is actually going to cause more harm and it doesn't help in your journey into becoming confident, to becoming the whole person that you know you can be. And in discovering who, who we are and who you are, we must also discover some of these things with complete honesty. You know, and that's, that's on a real. We have to discover these things with complete honesty because that's the only way you're going to come truly confident in certain areas. And that's the only way you're going to overcome things that you know you can do better in is with honesty and with constructive criticism. In becoming confident and becoming who you know you are called to be, it's crucial to learn things that you do not like or may not like. Having a strong sense of awareness of, you know, who we are will lay a, uh, a ground foundation in which we continue to build the pieces to our building of ourselves in this lifetime. And I do believe that with my whole heart, who we constantly build ourselves to be, and, I, and our foundation has to be on Jesus Christ. It has to be. Because any foundation outside of Jesus Christ is going to crumble. Yes, God does give us, give us, gives us the freedom to pick and choose, but in that freedom, if you don't choose Jesus Christ as your foundation, and if you don't seek the word of God to become healed and become whole and to become confident, eventually your, your foundation is, is, is going to crumble pretty much. So in discovering, becoming confident, to becoming a better person, to becoming you know, a, a better version of who you are. Some of the things that I jotted down that you can possibly do or that if you are interested in doing, do these things and find out whether you like them or not. Number one, I put down, date yourself. You don't always got to be, you know, uh, in a group of people. You don't. You really don't. You don't have to be surrounded by everyone all the time. Date yourself, go to the movies, go out, go shopping by yourself. You know, look at one of those. Because I, I remember in going stateside, how I would always visit certain states. And if you go to certain states, most states have what's called a visitor center. Um, especially in some of the, how would I say it? Main attractions. Like, there are certain places that are called like the tourist town. It's where all the tourists go. It's where all the people who are from out of town visit because it has historical landmarks. It has museums. It has art. It has live bands and music. It has some of the greatest restaurants. And in places that are considered like the tourist towns, most of those places have a visitor center. Go to a visitor center, you know, when you're out traveling by yourself. Get one of those those books that says what to do when you're, you're in Tennessee or what to do when you, you are in Orlando, Florida. Pick up one of those books. Do things that you see, even if you're from that state. Do it. See, see what else your state has to offer. Date yourself. Go to these places by yourself. Figure out what it is that you like. Figure out what it is that you don't like. Even if you think, I might be interested in going to this museum or I might be interested in going to a live band. And if you go there and you realize, you know what, I really don't like historical art. I really don't like live jazz bands. That's fine. That's something that you know that you don't like. Or maybe you can go back and try it again. Maybe at a different point in time in your life, you may find yourself, you know what, I do, I do think I like this. I do think I like this music artist. And you may discover other things that you may like that you never would have discovered if you've never gone out to travel. And the reason why I say go do these things by yourself is because when you're with a group of people, let's face it, honestly, so when you're with a group of people, you always have that one person that's always trying to be uh, dominant. You can call it the alpha male, the alpha female, the alpha whoever, or somebody who always want to have an A on their chest. You always have that person who wants to be dominant. They want to take over, they want to lead, they want to write out the schedule for the day. They want to go here, 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 and there. And nobody gets a word in. And then sometimes in doing that, even if they're not dominant and you feel like 
you're with a group of people who you guys take turns and going places and doing things and you may find yourself wanting to try to like it because they like it or whatever or because you hang out with these group of people all the time so you're limiting yourself to what you're being exposed to in a sense is if you go out and do these things by yourself because when you go out and do things by yourself you're not being influenced by those around you when you like things or when you might like something or when you dislike something you know that you're liking it and or disliking something because it's who you are. It's who you're becoming. You're disliking these things because you don't like them, you know, and you're not afraid to speak up for yourself. So to me, I think that that's key. Doing things by yourself, you will honestly really discover a lot of things and just be free. Be free in who you are. If you are single, be happy and be content in your singleness. If you are married, do the best you can. If you feel you're not happy, ask God to help you out in this area. And being married is not my expertise. So this is me just trying to be a little bit more well-rounded and giving you advice. But being married is not my expertise. But this is what I would tell myself if I was. If you are married and you're not happy, seek God. That, that's, that's the best advice that I can give to you. Seek God. Seek counseling. You can be a Christian and and get therapy, you know, and you can even get therapy uh, being single. You know, that's that's also going to help you in becoming confident, becoming more aware of who you are and who you are not. You can be single and see a therapist because I feel like the foundation that you lay when you're single, if you are meant to be married and if God has called you to be married, that would also help build a foundation for when you get married. I don't think that you, everybody who gets married should all of a sudden start, you know, going to therapy. I think that you should you should go to therapy when you're single because there are things that you have to work out on your own and discover that you may need uh help in a certain area. So be be single and get therapy, be married, get therapy, you know, if you're not happy in your marriage. But that's enough of that. If you have a job, be happy with it and try to find another if you're not. I believe that God will give you wisdom in keeping one job while seeking out another. You know, I don't feel like if you're not happy with the job that you should just stay there for 10, 15, 20 years. Now, there are some people who do that and they become successful, but they're not happy. You know, I don't feel like you should live this life settling, settling for what it is that, you know, you're not, you know what I'm saying, like you're not supposed to do. Like, that's not going to help with becoming confident because if you're stuck at a job that you hate, it's really going to affect your low self-esteem because it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you have six or seven figures. If you're not happy with a job, you're not going to be happy in life because when you're not living out your dreams, when you're not living out your goals, when you're not living out the, the true desires of your heart, you know, you, you, become, you become damaged on the inside. You know, you become sad and, and you may even become depressed because you're, you, you have to, you, you find yourself having to do things that you don't like on a day to day, but it's paying the bills. You're making more money than you probably can spend, but you're not happy and it doesn't make you happy. So I do believe honestly that while you're working one job, and you're not happy, but you have a desire to do something else. I do believe that God will give you the wisdom in that area to work that job until you can find something else, until another door opens. You know what I'm saying? So having a place of fulfillment to me is key. Do things in your own times, you know, outside of outside of work. Find things to do around the house. Find things to do outside, you know. You you may discover that you like to plant gardens, you know, or that you like to grow fruits and vegetables that are natural. You know, that's something that Oprah does, and that's something that Michelle Obama did. You may discover that you like that. But if you don't try these things, um, you're never going to know. You're never going to discover what it is, you know what I'm saying, that you, that you like and that you don't like. And another thing that I wrote down to becoming confident is write down a list of what you love and what you like about yourself. Now, I know this is a scary topic, 
And this may sound cliche, but trust me, you will thank me after this. So write down a list of things you love and like about yourself. And also make a list of the things that you don't like about yourself. And I don't want to use the word hate because hate really is a strong word. And hate is really a word of despisement. So I don't want to use the word hate because I think that if you get to a place to where you just hate certain things about yourself, to me, I think that that's a dangerous place to be. So I'm not going to use the word hate. So I'm going to use the word dislike. The things that you don't dislike, that you dislike about yourself. And then in my notes, I put... For the things that you do not like about yourself, ask yourself, how did you discover that you didn't like these things? You understand? Like, so say like if you don't like how your toes look, how did you discover that you don't like how your toes look? And to be honest with you, I could guarantee you eight times out of 10 that the things that you don't like about yourself or the things that you find that you're discovering that you don't like about yourself, eight times out of 10, there was someone who pointed out something and they told you it was a flaw you know what I'm saying so you find yourself thinking oh yeah I don't like that about myself so you have to really ask yourself the things that you don't like about yourself is it that you really don't like those things about yourself because you don't like them or because someone else pointed them out are they right I think that they're right only if you let them be People can take up space in your mind and in your hearts if you let them. If you let people dictate who you like, what you like, what you don't like, what you like about yourself, what you don't like about yourself, you're going to become someone else's puppet. If God doesn't allow us to be his puppets and he gives us the freedom of choice, we can choose wrong and right all day long. So if God gives us the freedom to choose life and death, wrong and right, sin and being holy, what makes you think God is going to give someone else the power to govern your life to the point to where you're a puppet, you're a prisoner of their words, their thoughts, their deeds? Do you understand? So in a, in a sense, you're making this person or these people a God in your life. And for one, that's idolatry because God doesn't like idolatry. That's, that's one of the abominations of, of God is that he doesn't like idolatry. But do you see how when I talk about having wisdom and having discernment and, and being observant and being keen and being aware? Because a lot of people wouldn't associate idolatry with themselves allowing other people to dictate their view over their own lives. But it really is idolatry. Idolatry is is when we allow someone else to govern our lives and when we worship other people falsely and we put them before God. That's what idolatry is. God is saying, if he's not number one, everything else in your life is idolatry. Your job can be idolatry. Your husband, spouse, your wife can be idolatry. Your children, your things, your bank account. Like some people hold money so dear to them that money is number one. And God is like number three because you have people who love money. They love themselves. So money is number one. Themselves is number two. And then God is number three. Or sometimes God is number five. And God is saying, if he's not number one, everything else that you put before him is idolatry. So just think that the people whose opinions that you hold so dear and near to your heart, who you're trying to impress, you're, you're trying to be like, you're trying to become you worship the ground that they walk on to the point that is damaging and it's damaging who you are and your outlook on life. You are holding these people accountable for your life when they're not accountable for your life. You're, you are the only one that's accountable for your life. And if you really just stop and just think about what I'm saying right now, you may not think so, but it is. It's true. If a person can dictate how you think, how you dress, how you walk, how you laugh, if you feel uncomfortable laughing a certain way around a certain person because they pointed out that, hey, I don't like your laugh, and you find yourself trying to hold back, you know, you find yourself trying to hold back on laughing a certain way, you know, when, you, when you're out at the movies, when you're out at dinner, and that's done pretty much dictating who you are supposed to be and what you're not supposed to do, and that's, you're being a puppet, and that's what happens when you're not confident, when you're not whole 
when you don't have any self-esteem, when you have low self-esteem, things like that happens. And I can guarantee you that if you are this way or you are becoming this way, you're not going to be happy. You cannot be happy when other people around you who are supposed to be near and dear to your heart, whether they're your friends, they're your family, they're your spouses, you know, they're your significant other. You're not going to be happy when you have a person criticizing you and, and pointing fingers at everything that you do. And this also leads into one of the notes that I've written down, how being in an abusive relationship, whether it's verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, and it could be a family, it could be friends, it could be significant others, it can be your spouse. All these people can cause emotional damage to one's soul. A lot of these people can can be verbally abusive to another human being. And you may be thinking, why would a spouse or a family member or even a friend be emotionally abusive and manipulative to people who they consider their friends, consider their loved ones? Why? Because people who project nastiness and verbal and emotional abuse on others, I know for a fact has issues with themselves. Like you cannot meet a person who physically abuses their spouse, their wife, their husbands, a person who verbally is abusive to someone. They are not happy. I don't care if they pretend all day at work and come home and be the most nastiest, meanest person. Those people are not happy within themselves. You cannot be. Who you project yourself onto other people is who you are on the inside. And if you're hurting people on purpose, you are not happy with yourselves. So don't think that these people are truly happy. They may, they may feel good in a moment about, you know, hurting someone because hurt people hurt other people. And it may, it may make them feel good in that moment, but they are not happy. So don't be fooled by people's uh, personas. So not dealing with people who are not good for who you're becoming. Becoming confident, becoming whole, becoming, becoming sane again. Being around people who are the opposite of what you are trying to become is a no-no. Because if you're hanging around people who are gossiping and, and God is putting it on your heart not to gossip, you have to cut the cord. You have to cut the cord. If you are trying to save money and live within your means, you can't live with a person who, you can't, you can't be with a person who lives paycheck to paycheck because they are the opposite of who you are trying to become. So in becoming confident, becoming whole, you have to let people go because if you don't, I'm going to tell you, you're going to become not confident. You're, you're, you're going to have low self-esteem. You're going to become hurt. And you're going to find yourself needing more therapy than, than what you care to admit because you would rather hold on to people who are no good for you because you are afraid to let them go. And then hang around the people who, who are negative. You can sometimes become codependent on them because as human beings, we want to feel vindicated by the people who hurt us. So t- sometimes, you know, your reason for keeping that person in, in your life is because you want them all because you want them to say sorry. Because you want them to, to say that you're the opposite of what they said you were last week or the week before. And you have to know that just because you want to feel vindicated, just because you want to be, be vindicated, doesn't mean that you are. You have to be okay with what if they never apologize? What if they're never sorry? There are some people who they die old. They die grumpy, they die, they die mean, they die in bitterness. So you have to be okay with people who, they may never apologize for hurting you. But that's not a reason to keep them in your life. And, and that's the God's honest truth. You have to let people go whether they say sorry or whether they don't. And that's fine. You have to be okay with that. Whether you are leaving... A toxic work environment, a toxic relationship, a toxic family, a toxic family relationship. To become confident, know know what and who you are not. Get with God to heal you. Speak the word of God over your life. 
the reasons why their words hurt so much is because words have power. And like I said before, life and death are in the power of the tongue. People carry, and this is key. Y'all listen to me when I say this. Please listen to me when I say this. People carry spirits. Trust me. People do carry spirits. And when people speak, they are speaking from a place of evilness, vow, and venom. When people try to hurt you with their words, there, there's a, um, a spirit of evilness that people accept. And I know people may think, oh, man, what's she talking about? This sounds scary. And it, it's not scary. It's the truth. Okay, when people want to hurt you, you know, when people want to say smart remarks and when people want to talk in third persons, and when they accept the spirit of evilness, and they're tempted by evil spirits, just like when Jesus said uh, in, in the New Testament how, and I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get back to what I was talking about, but God just put this on my heart. When, when there was the 12 disciples with, Je- with Jesus, Judas was one of the 12s. And G- Judas started off just like the rest of them. And Jesus had spoke about in the New Testament how at first Judas was fine. But then Judas was tempted by Satan, and Judas took the bait. His weakness was that he wanted money. He was greedy. So what did Judas do? Judas took money to sell out Jesus all because he wanted to be greedy. This is the same thing with other people when they speak evilness, when they speak vile, when they speak venom over you, when they speak harsh things. They have a spirit of, uh, they carry spirits, they carry dark spirits because their intent is to hurt you. And if it says in God's words that life and death are in the power of the tongue, it's for real. When you speak life over yourself, you're speaking wholeness, you're speaking wellness, you're speaking confidence, you're speaking healing. But when you're speaking death over your life and when you're speaking death over other people's lives, that's pretty much what you're doing. You're speaking evilness, venom, and, and, and vow. And it, it's mean and it's hurtful. So when people speak things like this, you have to know that what they're speaking is what's on the inside of them. And you have to be careful of people like that because people really do be carrying evil spirits. I don't care if they say that they are a Christian because the devil could say that he's a Christian. The devil can go to church all day, every day, but that's never going to make him saved. There are demonic spirits within people and they will go in church and they will sit in the pews and they will sit there and try to blend in. But are they saved? No. Are they demonic? Yes. So when I say people carry spirits, don't get scared. Don't get, don't get discouraged. Just know that this is a part of wisdom. This is a part of discernment. This is a part of growth. Like I said before, you have to be observant in who people are. You have to observe the things that the people say around you. Because who you keep around your life can be detrimental to your health. It could be detrimental to your growth. It can be detrimental to your pursuit, you know, in, in trying to do better and trying to be better and becoming better. And that's why, you know, people who speak violent evilness, that's why their words hurt so much. So in becoming confident, when you're realizing that, man, I'm some of the things that was listed above. In becoming confident, you have to know that speaking God's word over your life is key. Why is speaking God's word over your life key? Why is speaking the word of God going to help you become confident? Because God's word has power and it is life. God is power. So if God is power, okay, and you speak his words that has power, and God can't do evil. If he has power, if he is power, if his word is power, what is speaking his words over your life going to do for you? It's going to break the bonds of Satan over your life. Okay? Plead the, bu- plead the blood over your life. Start speaking positive things from the word of God. And if you have to start with the word of God, that's fine. Start with the word of God. Find scriptures that are in the Bible that, that says, you know, in Isaiah 61 verse 3, God will give you his beauty for your ashes. That's saying, God is saying, give me what's already damaged. Your ashes. What is, what is ashes? Ashes is, ashes results from things that were burned. Some, some people were burned by the world. You were burned by people who were supposed to be your friends. You were burned by 
a loved one as a child. You were burned by, you know, your ex-husband, your, your ex-wife. You know, you, you may have been burned by a family member. God is saying, give me your ashes. Give me what the world has thrown away. Give me the parts of you that are left. And God's saying, and if you, God is saying here, let's make an exchange. If you give me your ashes, what the world has thrown away, what the world has called no good, give me your ashes and I'll give you my beauty. God's beauty, no man can take away. Can't no man take away. They can try, but they can't. Any demonic spirit, Satan can't take God's beauty away. So God is saying, let's make a great exchange. Give me your damaged goods and I'll give you my beauty. I'll give you something that the world can never take away. I'll give you something that the Satan can't take away. God is saying, I, I can give you something that even you can't take away. Because once God speaks it, the only person who could take it back is God himself. And God said in his words that he is not a man that he should, should lie. So everything that God speaks, God can't lie. God is speaking the truth. God is the only, God's words is the only words that cannot be undone. And God said also in his word, God said, when I speak, my word shall go forth and do that which has been fulfilled and that which I have spoken. God said in his word and God said very confidently, God said, look, even my own word shall not return unto me void. So God said, if you speak his words over your life, when you speak his life over your life, when you speak his power over your life, when you speak God's word over your brokenness, when you speak God's words over your low self-esteem, when you speak God's words over your lack of confidence, when you speak God's word over your mind because you have anxiety, you suffer from anxiety, you have anxiety and panic attacks, God is saying, trust me, speak my word, use my weapons to defeat the enemy, to defeat the seeds that were, to defeat the seeds that were planted in your lives by people who don't mean you no good. And God really is saying in his word, God is saying, trust me. If you take my word, which is power, this is why God had the Holy Bible written. God said, if you take my word, that is power. You speak it over your life. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you have to get some uh, anointing oil, girl, get you some oil, okay? Start marking up your house. Because people carry spirits in it, and it's, and it's the truth. People carry evil spirits. That's why when they speak words over you, it hurts. But God is saying the only way you're going to defeat that and, and become confident and becoming whole and becoming who you are is to speak his word over your life. And not to only speak his word over your life, it's to be obedient to God's word. Because God may, may tell you to do X, Y, Z. And you have to do X, Y, and Z. Because God is never going to tell us to do something that isn't beneficial to our well-being. Because guess what? God doesn't need us to be obedient to help him out. God doesn't need us to be obedient to his word to make him better. Because God is God all by himself. So if you can get in your mind... And just think about this with me for a moment as I'm talking. Everything that God tells you to speak over your life, everything that God tells you to do with your life, for your life, in your life, just know that it's for your own betterment. Just think, you doing what God tells you to do isn't going to benefit him and his kingdom. It'll win souls to the kingdom. It'll win, his, it'll win your soul to his kingdom. But God doesn't need us to be obedient. We can go straight to hell and be cool and God is going to still be on the throne and God is still going to be wonderful and he's going to be almighty and he's going to be magnificent and he's going to be awesome. So just think that if God is telling us to do his word and his will for the betterment of our lives, isn't that awesome and isn't that fantastic? Like if you just think about it, if someone's telling you, hey, I have a million dollars for you, I don't need it because... I'm great by myself. I'm great whether you have this money or whether you don't have this money. So if someone is saying, here's a, a, a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, go grab it. I want you to have it to better your life. You would think that they are the most awesomest person. You would kiss them at their feet. You would probably be like, man, I could follow you for the rest of your life. But they're going to be like, nah, don't do that. 
that's pretty much what God is saying. God is saying, everything that I'm telling you to do, everything that I'm telling, telling you to say is for the betterment of your life. God is saying, I don't need it for me. You need it for you. Because God knows who he is. He knows what his life means. And God knows that he is God of or God. He is God all by himself. So again, I'm going to repeat Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And not only do we have to be careful of the things that other people say, what are you saying about yourself? Becoming confident is you not speaking other people's words over your life that are negative. So what are you saying? Are you speaking life over your life or are you speaking death over your life? And if you look at the things that you're saying, the things that you're doing, if you're looking at the people who are you, you are surrounded by, you will see exactly why your life is going in, in a direction that it's going. And some of the things you can speak over your life, and you may have to speak this every day for two years. You may have to speak these things every day for five years for it to finally take root because, like I said in my earlier part of my podcast, the things that people say can be very damaging. And if you have to speak God's word in positive words that God inspires you to say over your life in order to, 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 to uproot the negative and the demonic seeds that were planted in your life, you have to start speaking things over your life, sweetie, that's going to help you. You got to start saying things like, I am smart. You know, I am who God wants me to be. You got to say and walk with confidence. You got to be like, I am fierce. I am all that. Not that you're better than anyone, but you got to start saying things like, I am fierce. I am loved and I'm lovable. I am kind. I am beautiful. Everything about me, my eyes, my eyebrows, my lips, my nose, my ears, the way my neck is formed, the way I walk with confidence. You got to say, I am beautiful. You got to say, I walk with God's purpose all day, every day. You got to start saying things like, I am bold. You got to start saying things like, I am courageous. You have to start speaking things over your life. And you have to believe that you are confident. You are smart. You are kind. You are beautiful. And when you start speaking these things over your life, and when you start putting faith in these words that you're speaking, when you start speaking the word of God over your life, I promise you, watch God move in your life and you will be so awed and, and so you will be so thrilled by God because as you're speaking these words and you're speaking scriptures over your life, it's going to slowly but surely dig all those negative seeds that were planted in your lives and it's going to uproot the things that were meant to kill you and choke you off. It's going to uproot it. Now, God's seeds is going to be planted in your life. Positive seeds is going to be planted in your life. And in Romans 4, 16, Romans 4, verses 16 to, 20, to 22, the King James Version speaks, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So, again, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So, when we speak God's word over our lives, even though we may not be as confident, we may not be as fierce yet, but when we start speaking God's word over our lives, when we start speaking positivity over our lives, we're speaking by faith. We're calling those things that are not as though they were. We're speaking confidence into our lives. We're speaking love and kindness into our lives. We're speaking 
the things that of God that, that are called to be in our lives. And as you keep speaking and as you start manifesting God's words, you'll start seeing God's word manifest in your life. And I, I promise you, when you start aligning your words up with God's words, God is going to move. Especially when you put faith behind your words, God is going to move. Because you're speaking the things that God is speaking over your life. God has no choice but to move because God is saying, wait, hold up. My child is speaking. My child is praying. God is saying, I hear my child's prayers. I hear my child's words. And God is going to say, I know my words shall not return unto me void. So that which I speak, I send forth, it shall do that which I have set it to do. So us speaking God's words, we're breaking the atmosphere of demonic spirits. When we speak God's words, we're breaking negative seeds that have been spoken over our lives. And I'm telling you, it may not happen overnight, and it may happen overnight. Who knows? God still does miracles. It may happen overnight. But you know what? If it doesn't, walk by faith and not by sight. Keep speaking God's word over your life. What are you speaking over your life that is not aligned with God? When you find yourself speaking negative, stop yourself in your tracks. And if you're thinking, man... I don't even know how to do that. Be bold to believe God and what he has said, okay? And if you feel like, man, how can I, as a person, become careful in the words that I speak over my life? How can I watch what I say? If you don't think that you can become observant and to become keen to the things that you are say or that you may say, Pray and ask God. Say, God, please give me wisdom. Please give me understanding. Please give me a deeper spirit of discernment. Please help me to become aware of the words that I speak. Ask God to, to, to have the Holy Spirit tap on your shoulder, on your spiritual shoulder to say, hey, what you're speaking is not aligned with the word of God. Ask God to, to have the Holy Spirit Put in your mind and in your heart and in your soul words that God wants you to speak that he knows is going to heal your soul. It's going to heal the broken parts in your life. It's going to heal the hurt and the pain that was left from maybe your childhood or from your young adulthood or from whenever it was left. When you pray and ask God to help you, I promise you God will help you. God is never going to leave us hanging. When you truly, honestly say, God, I need help, God will come to your aid. Trust me. I guarantee you because I've been there. I've asked God for help and he has helped me. When you pray these things and when you ask God to help you, help yourself and to help you become aware of the things that you're saying and to even become aware of the things that, that people are saying, God will help you in this area. Okay, so trust me and believe and walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, so in closing this podcast, I pray that you take this to heart. I pray that you listen to this over and over. I pray that you really take the time into not just list the things that I've spoken to say, okay, these are the areas that I need to work in. Get with God to see. There may be other things that I didn't even list that may be in your life because we all have our own individual lives and in becoming confident is a process and a progress for each one of us on our own. Becoming confident is a process. Trusting God is a process. And walking into the will of God is a process and a progress. And for each of us, it's different. So the things that I listed may not work for you, but God may be revealing to you the things that will work for you. So I pray that this podcast was a blessing to you. I pray that it is going to be a blessing for you. And I pray that as you are becoming confident, that you help others to become confident. Don't just become whole and confident and then just live your life. Plant other seeds in other people's lives and say, you know what, someone helped me, so now I'm going to help someone else. Help others get to where you have gotten help others just how you wanted help and how you needed to be helped once you become whole take other people and uplift them 
God that just doesn't want us to be healed and behold and just and just sit down and 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 be quiet. God wants us to, to He wants us to give our testimonies. He wants us to tell other people, hey, God helped me in this area. He can help you too. So in becoming confident is a process. Becoming whole is 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 a process. Trusting in God is a process and walking forward into the will of God is a process. And as you are becoming whole and as you get healed, help other women, help other men out there do the same. So I pray that this was a blessing to you and that you help those who want help and you help those who may need help. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye.